We started this a couple of weeks back, if you remember, and I just began to look at some of the early verses. But with it being Mother in Sunday, it would be great just to look at those verses about God creating little children in the womb of, of mothers. It's, it's a beautiful uh, reality that the psalm is bringing there. So let's look at it together. Uh, look, let me start. This took place a couple of months ago, you remember? The walk for life. It, it, it was a walk to protest. It seems unbelievable that we have to protest in, in, in civilised countries the protection of unborn children. We claim to be civilised, don't we? And yet, and those of you who have any insight into the procedures involved in this, it's barbaric. Seriously. Seriously. It is. And, and we somehow justify it because it takes place behind the screening of flesh. It's just absolutely bizarre, isn't it? They call it the silent genocide. More than half a billion little babies destroyed. And, and, and this march, this walk rather, it was a, it was a peaceful walk. It, it was to protest and, and to, to fight for the preservation of all life, uh, whether born or unborn. And so I guess here's a question we want to ask ourselves. Uh, what is it then about unborn? Why do we... Why are we suggesting that we should value the unborn? I mean, are, are they human? You know, do they deserve equal value? Do they? Uh, what is it about the unborn uh, that, that gives them that value? It's what we want to look at. And we want to, we want to see what God's word says on this subject. What God says, does God give value? To the unborn. And so let's look at these words together. So our heading is this. What's the big deal about the unborn? And, and these are the verses we're going to look at together. 13 to 16 this morning. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place. And when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. Look, even a cursory glance at those words. Gives you some perspective as to, to, to why we value the unborn. Can you see that God is speaking about it? it it's, it's quite astonishing. God is likening the unborn as to a human. That's how he speaks of them. Can you see that? He regards them as miniature humans, the, the, the building blocks to a human life. But, and look how God speaks. There's detail, sophistication, there's value. And David's writing this. And notice here, and we're going to look at the details just very shortly, that, 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 that there's no chasm in David's thinking between what he is now and what he was then. Uh, there, there isn't a, a demarcation of, look, that was before I became a real being of any significant value, and this is where I'm at. No, no, David sees 
a, a continuation of himself now as, as he was then. In other words, he is no less human in his formation than he is in his completion. And I think that's one of the points David's bringing across to us here. So let me look at the details with you. Look, you created, speaking of the Lord, God, incidentally, speaking to some friends this week, uh, his name is, and revealed it to us. Jehovah, which is a translation of his name, is, is, is I am, is Yahweh, is a close rendition of it. This God, we're told, created my inmost being, knit me together. Notice some of the detail there. Created my inmost being, knit me together. This inmost being, look, in our Western society, when we're thinking about what's the organ we relate to as our innermost organ? The one with emotion attached to it. The heart. And we often think of the heart as the seat of our emotions, don't we? And, you know, we you know, give, our, give out love hearts. You know, our kids are just in the process of just messaging us and mum and dad uh, uh, on their little devices. And one of the things that are always transferring are hearts. Uh, you know, and because it's to us, that's a symbol of love, of our, of our inmost, deepest emotions. Does anybody know what, what these inmost being uh, elements of the human body daily would have had in mind? When they think of their inmost beings, their, their seat of emotions, does anybody know? The uh, not the stomach, not the soul, close, the kidneys. Seriously. <laughs> Yeah, so the thought for Dave, you probably hear, is he's thinking of those organs, particularly, I'm, not, I'm assuming that I'm, I'm not, a, not a medic, you know, I'm assuming they're around there, they're not down there, are they? Okay, but they're back there, I told you I know nothing about this subject whatsoever, I'm not claiming any professionality there uh, at all. But David in his thinking, when we're thinking about inmost being, we're thinking of a heart and organs, well, he's thinking of his kidneys, but his point being, is that God knit these things together. He is the creator of them. He assembled them. Look, when I was a, a wee lad doing electronics at school, here's a picture of I remember one of our first lessons. Oh, we'll just move on from that, please, Nikki. One of our first lessons, we're just given a, a bunch of components. You know, we go, here you are. Do something with these. You see, they're no good in and of themselves just like that. They need assembly. Put it together. I think there's a picture there, Nick, in the next slide. Uh, and it's, it's the construction of them that gives them some real uh, value to us as humans. They do things, uh, as you can see in the picture there. And I think the picture David is getting across to us. It's poetic, obviously. It, this is a song that is sung. But he sees God creating organs such as his kidneys... And he sees God assembling them, constructing them, putting them together in a, in a, in a, in a manner whereby they have a function. I think the, what we, the picture we're getting is one of intelligent construction, far more than got out of me in electronics when I was 13 or 11 when I started. Yeah, yeah back in those days. Class was just about having fun um, and trying to get away with whatever you could when the when the teacher wasn't looking. But but the idea here is of intelligent, focused 
assembly. God assembled the parts of the human body, individual organs, in an intelligent manner. And there's more. Notice there too, verse 14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Job picks up on this. Job 10.8, your hands shape me. Jeremiah 1.5, let me just run over there. Before I formed you, Jeremiah, before I formed you, Job, your hands shape me. And then David here, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you see the picture? That the creation of a little child is something that's deliberate, that's detailed, that involves God. Involves God at the ultimate level of constructing, shaping, putting together, forming. And I think it may look, this shaping seems to be speaking on. Let me just put this down. God shaping your individual features into the person that you are. Lee, here's the reality. It's not an accident that you look like you do. I know it may appear like that. <laughs> really, seriously. Okay? And the thing to do is not to look in the mirror. But, but here's the reality. Is that, is that there's something deliberate about how you look. Seriously, I know it's hard to believe, but it's true. Look, there's something very deliberate. You're no accident. And, and, and from how we are and, and the way we're formed, there's something deliberate about you, about us. God's hand shaped us. Jeremiah says he formed you. Is it, is it something that God does deliberately with the skill that he possesses? God shaped us. And let me just take you back to Jeremiah, if you would please, Nikki, there. The last of the verses that I've called to you. I want you to notice something that's really easy to miss. Before I formed you in the womb, so God formed us, I knew you. What value has human life? Who knows? When, when the Bible uses that terminology, to know, what's the context it's normally used in? So Adam knew his wife Eve. What's the context there? It's intimacy. Mm. It's deep. Yeah. Okay. But when the New Testament talks about God foreknowing us, it's about an intimate relationship and knowledge. Can you see what's being said here? Before I formed you in the womb, Jeremiah, I knew you. What's God saying? Before he even created us, he loved us. He loved us. He was in relationship. Let me ask you. Look, at a peripheral level, uh, when you ladies uh, had your scans and first saw your babies, what is it about? Is it 11 weeks, 8 weeks? Somebody help me out. 12 weeks. 12 weeks pretty close. Okay, okay. Uh, you poor soul. I poor soul. Okay. I didn't think you'd be old enough to say something like that, Sylvia. But you know. That's a, look, okay, but for those ladies or even grandparents, okay, when you see those, what happens to you? What are you feeling? Love. And it's a connection. And, and, and today's world, you know, the people are showing these things off on Facebook and social media. And, 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 and there's a relationship forming, a love connection. What God is saying is, friends, here, and David's he's picking up on this, that God 
knew you in that state, in that time of creating you, was already in relationship with you. So was already... Sorry, does that mean before I formed you in the womb, I knew you? Yes. Yes, okay, that's exactly the point. So he knew, yeah, yeah. So the point is that God is in some form of relationship with you before your birth, and therefore at this time of creation. And here's the value of human life. God is in relationship with this child. A loving, tangible relationship. What value does a child have, an unborn what the values does an unborn have? That unborn is in relationship, intimate relationship to the Creator. How big a deal is it to, to have any effect on that relationship? It's a big one. It's a big one. Look, so, so God created the individual parts of our bodies, He knit them together. He knew, he knows that child, that there's, there's a connection already. And look, between that child and God. And, and here's going further. In a creation of a child, it's different to any other thing that we're familiar with. Whether it's a child or any other creative thing. Look, Sif made some boards that are just back there. I think I've got just a, a picture of Nikki there. Uh, some A boards. He made one for me to use up in town recently. I wasn't with him when he made it, but the reality is, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that Sid, in order to make that construction, that A board, he took bits of wood that he collated together, that he reformed into something useful. The boards. He made those three boards that we put outside there. He's made one that I use in town midweek. So Sid took parts of a tree that he collected, shaped, and developed into something useful for me. And, and most people refer to that as creative. You, you ask somebody who's ever made something, and they liberally use terms like, look what I've created. It's not how God creates. And, and so the, the, the individual organs of this child, so look, elementary, where do they come from? From what material did God make them? And from where did those cells come? And here's the point. Is that God doesn't start with, with something. Those cells themselves were created by God. But just going beyond the cells here. The point being that God is not just assembling bits. Like Sid assembled bits of wood and created something very useful for us here as a church. That God in his creating is not just assembling bits, but he's manufacturing bits, developing bits from nothing. Here's the thing. Well, well other couples say this. We may have said it. Here's our creation. When they look at a child. But here's a reality, and I don't want to offend any mums and dads here. Humans, and look, this is gonna sound really derogatory, derogative are merely the vehicles that bring the building blocks of human life. Can you see what I'm saying? Humans are merely 
the, the, the couriers of the building blocks to life. A man and a woman come together and it's God who is manufacturing, assembling, creating. Now, let me bring this on, on a seed level. It's much easier to imagine. It's hard to imagine microscopic things as it is for me. You take a tree, I mean, I think Greg said this to, to me recently when we had some cucumbers in our garden. I, me and the kids planted some tiny weeny seeds this size, okay, into our soil. And Graham knows all about this as someone who's into horticulture. Some weeks later, we had cucumbers this big. Several of them, okay? Okay, now, now those things all came from a tiny weeny seed that was not the mass within that seed to produce a cucumber that side. No matter how much energy, let me, let me put it this way, no matter how much energy I put into that seed, no matter how much air, how much water I pumped into it, how much time, it was impossible to take that seed and to enlarge it and to give it that construction. It's humanly impossible. And here's the point with human life is that God takes something that is impossible to expand. And do we, I don't know if you understand that. It's impossible to take the microscopic elements that exist within a female and within a male, and it is impossible with whatever level of energy, with whatever level of effort, to expand them into a person. It's impossible. No human has ever taken microscopic things and develop them into gigantic constructions that are organic or not. God takes microscopic things, develops them, enlarges them, builds them into real living constructions. You are, I am, the, the product of a God who can do creation. Who can do the impossible. And here's what Genesis says. Here's what, let me just go back to sorry. Psalm 1-3 says, You created my inmost beings. You knit me together. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. How close is God to this manufacturing process? Extremely. Extremely close. Can you see the point? Mm. Yeah. Look, some of us had keyhole surgery. Anybody here had keyhole surgery? Yeah. It's revolutionary. And do you know, I don't know if you're aware, I mean, you probably know more than me, more I would know. It's possible now to do surgery internationally, whereby you can have a surgeon in one location and a patient in a completely different location, and through keyhole surgery and robotics and technology, that surgeon can perform a sophisticated operation from hundreds if not thousands of miles away. Apparently Japan got it all clear to do this a couple of years ago. That's the sophistication. That's how far you don't need to be near the patient. God is speaking differently here. David is speaking on behalf of God here. My frame is not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. 
your eyes saw my unformed body. And here's the Genesis quote. You are the God who sees me. God saw you when no other eye saw you. God knew you were there and was watching you. Well, not even your mum knew you were there. God saw you, watched you, was familiar with you, knew you. God was aware of you. God had sight of you. God knew the detail of your frame. God loved you and valued you was in relationship with you, had created you, was caring for you, was waiting for you. It's a massive, massive process. And in terms of engineering, it's a colossal project that God sees, and as you pointed out, Sarah, from a knowledge of us before he began, from the creating of individual building blocks, to the assembly of them in order, to the fashioning of our features, to a, a knowledge of us intimately, to a sight of everything that is taking place within us. God was involved in your development and in your life. And so, and all that takes place, all of that takes place and look, we've got to take this back to when David wrote this. When David wrote this, the first sight of a child was when? Yeah, when the baby cried. And the picture that David wants to bring home to us is that when we were in complete oblivion, God had all this already taken care of. What value? Let me ask you then. What value? Does, do the unborn have according to God's will? Everything. Everything. Everything that you and I have today. You see, one of the key ways that we give value to life is we're asking, is what value does God place in the unborn? You matter to God then. It's why we protect children who are unborn. And for, 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 us here to, for us here today, you matter to God today. Hey, one of the things that devalues our worth within ourselves often is that we assume that we are of no value to anyone. If you talk to those who survived suicide attempts or those who are considering suicide, one of the key elements of their reasoning is but they're of no value to anyone. That, that no one has any interest, genuine interest in them. And therefore, no one will miss them. God's word to you. Because I don't, I don't know if you ever feel like this, whether it's suicidal, whether just unloved, devalued, uncared for. God's word to you today is that you are individually, wonderfully, and precisely made. You were seen before you were born, 
ever before any other eyes saw you, you will love. And his love and care over you has continued from that moment to this moment. Those of you who have ever made anything, look, I've made a lot of little things. And I can tell you, as much as you can tell me, that whatever I make, I think it's real interesting. If I go and buy something, right, it has some value to me, okay? But when I make something, right, I've gone through a couple of little boats for our kids, okay? Okay, right, before that, I bought them a couple of bikes. We did, okay? And they had some value to me, okay? Because, you know, it's hard-earned cash, right? But the ones that have constructed are far more valuable. And whenever the kids touch them, I'm like, watch how you put that down. Watch what you do with that. Don't knock that. Okay? In fact, at the moment, they sit in my study. I won't even put them in the garage. Okay? In case they get scratched. Because I put heart and soul, I made those things. You're made. Okay? You're perfected. You're constructed lovingly. And here's the wonder of it. And I think it speaks something of the value that God puts into us. How long did it take to make you? 40 weeks. As far as any ladies? More right? I don't think back now. It's been a few years. 40 weeks. And I think one of the ideas is that God is demonstrating to us is that this is something that it took time over. This is something... That God worked on over some time. This is a special project. You matter to Him. You are valued by Him. You are His created object. You are loved by Him. You have His watchful eye on you. And the only response to any of this, and here's what David says, when he discovers the value of his life, when he, when he considers uh, the starting point of his life, when he considers his present predicament, God, David says these words in verse 14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. David praises God. Hey, here's a response to your creation. Give thanks. Let me ask you, have you ever just said, Thank you, God, for making me. Thank you, God, for making me just as I am. Let me tell you a little secret. As a person of colour, if you haven't noticed, okay, you know, you, you, you can grow up sometimes thinking, you know, I wish. I grew up in a completely uh, white environment. Completely. The school I went into was majority. The, the environment I lived in, the folks had brought me up. I always knew I was a little different. Okay, not just <laughs> not just there, but aesthetically. You know, and there were times in my life, especially when I was when I was on my newspaper round, and this guy was determined to beat me up every time. Had me trying to avoid him every day I left on my rounds. Now, there were times when I wished I was different. That I looked different. You know, you know when I was trying to pick up girlfriends at school, I wished I was better looking. 
you know, you know, there were times when I was being beaten up. I wish I was a different colour. Hey, do you know what the Bible does? You know, when you read something like Psalm 139, it shows you that God deliberately made us as we are. That He chose for us to be this way, to look this way, to have these qualities. And for me at least, it gives me some reassurance that I'm fine just the way that I am. And you are. Whether it's your colour, your size, your ability skill-wise or academically, hey, you're fine. Just as you are. Because just as you are is the way God created you. And you know, here's the thing about the, the church community, and this is what makes us unique. This is the one place in all of the world where you should feel that and know that. Because whether you're of a dark complexion, or whether or you're of oriental complexion, or whether you're just a wonderful complexion, yeah. or, or, <laughs> or whether you look like you just seen a ghost, you know, whatever your complexion, whatever your status, here's one place where you are, you are wonderfully welcomed as you are. And, and the reason for that is this, it's because when God looks at you, when he saw you in the womb, you were not a colour. You were not an academic ability. You were not a particular person in society. You were a neutral creature of immense value. And to God, that has never changed. And you were loved. And you've always been loved. What does Jeremiah say? I have loved you from everlasting. And he will love you. And here's what we do. And I'm going to finish with this because we're meant to finish at 11. It's 11 o'clock now. We've got just enough time to sing. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. When you wake up tomorrow morning, praise him for who you are. Praise him for what you have. Praise him for the fact that you can do what you can do. Praise him for the fact that you're loved. Praise him for the fact that you're created. Praise him for the fact that you're alive.